0: It's, you know i'm just like wait a minute so we're just picking verses that we want to just you know just get, go with and yes. and and we've bottom hook line and sinker like so much that the hook is is, is trapped in our throat and yeah. for some people because I, I go fishing a lot and like oftentimes i got i have to buy a tool to get a hook out of the throat of the fish otherwise you rip literally it's their entire guts out and i feel mm-hmm. like that's where so many folks are with christianity It's like you know they have taken this stuff in that it's embedded in their insides that
1: they don't even think about questioning it hi my name is leo wt and you have found your way to the conversations podcast conversations exist to create spiritually minded conversations about life we desire to create safe space for dialogue and community we desire to come together regularly and intentionally to generate conversations about life, belief, and the intersection of the two. Everyone is welcome. All right, friends, if you're watching on Conversation, you know me. I'm here, I'm queer, and I'm Leo WT, keeping things a little bit sassy and a lot of it intersectional. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, But for those of you who are watching or listening on Profane Faith, I'd like to introduce myself a little bit. I am a LGBTQ uh, queer theologian from rural Western New York. Um, I was assigned female at birth and I was spent most of my life, uh, despite moving, you know, I'm 32 and I've moved 32 times, but I've spent most of my life in rural America. Um, sometimes I say regrettably, uh, I also say regrettably about being a Christian, but something that I've been learning lately is how to be myself and to be intersectional and fighting the need that I am told that I should have to disavow a part of my identity to exist. Um, I am queer. I am Christian. I do live in a rural environment. None of those three things are assumed to go together, but I'm here to show that we can be intersectional and we can be diverse and we can talk about faith and spiritual matters and political matters and intellectual matters in a way that encompasses everybody's perspective, because that's the way we truly move forward. So that's, that's who I am in a nutshell. And if you're on Conversations, I'm going to throw you over to my friend. And if you're on Profane Faith, you're listening to the host right now.
0: Oh my goodness. Well, thank you so much, Leo. Uh well and and yes, I love this crossover. My name is Daniel White Hodge. Uh I am in the academy. I'm a reluctant uh scholar. I didn't start out dreaming that I was going to be a scholar. I actually started, well, if you take my <laughs> employment history all the way back to the underground um economy um i used to run cars and numbers in the bay area and whatnot because at the time and this was in the 80s i wasn't going to get paid four dollars an hour i was like man I don't, I don't forget that so but i also didn't i didn't want to sell drugs it was at the height of the crack era yeah. uh, my mom was addicted and uh i was like i i just can't i was a horrible drug seller i was like no nah, I, I can't do this like you're just no i'm done <laughs> um but i needed to have some kind of hustle and so that was what i did we um, we had a whole little ring going my friend uh um Steve and uh, then we had another guy um he would well basically I, I'll just I'll just put it all I will just put myself on blast so hopefully this I'm a, I'm in immunity since it's been over 30 years but right, right. at, <laughs> <laughs> at, at any rate exactly exactly I didn't want to steal anybody's car so what we used to do was just actually go to the lot back in the day they used to let you test drive uh cars without anyone in them Mm-hmm. <laughs> and so my friend would take him over to another friend we had on payroll uh, at a locksmith, and so we would duplicate the keys. My friend and I then would go back at around two, three in the morning, take that car, take it over to my other friend at the DMV, get the number, scratch, and make it legit, and then sell parts like that. So All I did right. that for a while. Right. <laughs> oh, um, and then um, I was in construction, and I thought this is the best thing. I'm gonna I'm gonna flip houses for the rest of my life. And then uh, I waded into the waters of Christianity. And um, <laughs> coming out of the Nation of Islam into Christianity, um, I worked with youth and was part of Young Life and blah, 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 young, a lot of that. And then that's kind of how I stumbled into the academy. Um, that's why I say reluctant about that and whatnot. But I am um, biracial. I am, uh, well, actually, racially, I'm black. Uh, ethnically, I'm Mexican American and African American, and uh, I I do my best to try to claim both of those heritages. Um, I've been more accepted in the African American community uh, than I have, unfortunately, in my own family. Uh, and my mom was the only one in my family who's Mexican who ended up keeping my 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 grandmother, who's very conservative Baptist woman, this and this and that, actually mm-hmm. encouraged my mom to get an abortion when she uh, when she was oh. pregnant with me because like you can date. Black men and have sex with them, but don't you dare have a baby by them. Don't um, do it. Yeah,
1: don't do it. <laughs>
0: exactly. And so, consequently, that has kind of put me on the outs of my literally entire Mexican side of my family. I haven't seen my dad since uh, July of 82. So, if you know where that brother is, Right before Empire Strikes Back, I thought we were gonna go see it together. And here, you know, we never saw it together. <laughs> At any rate, um, here I am that and... dating right
1: before Empire Strikes Back. Like, let me know. I got a ticket Wait, we can right. go.
0: Again. exactly. I'm holding my ticket. Oh, mercy. Um, so yeah, I got into podcasting right after the uh disaster of the 2016 election, and I thought, you know what, I am done holding my tongue. On shit and Profane yeah. Faith has been uh, the space for me to kind of unpack some things, work through some things. I don't have all the answers and I think I'm trying to still figure out because I get asked this question a lot. Why are you still, you know, engaged with Christianity? And, and, uh, I, and I, don't, I don't really have a good answer. I have, a, I, have, I have about 100 different answers, but I don't have a really good, good one for that. Right. right. That's and so I here don't... we are.
1: I feel you. And I'm, I'm so glad uh, for those of you who are watching, listening, Daniel and I have been going back for a while. I've been listening to this man's podcast for a minute. i get my pump on. i get my white Hodge on. You know, it's a good time at the gym. <laughs> but uh, but but what really drew me in, uh, Daniel, and I actually didn't know about the Nation of Islam piece, which I feel like adds another layer there. Um, but what I hear from your story is is an intersectionality and also a voice that I can relate to in terms of mm. like, if i'm going to be a christian which is still if i'm being honest i'm on the fence a lot of the time which is funny because yeah. i'm in seminary um <laughs> and, and i just decided <laughs> that i wanted to pursue my phd and such but um i'm on the fence but what i hear from your voice is like if i'm going to be a christian i need other people like you to be involved because that is that is validating because so much of what i see in christendom i just cannot fuck with you know um but there's something there for me that's undeniable, and I have to figure out what that is. And I love that uh, the intersectionality in your own voice and in your own in your own podcast, you know, in your work, because I think both of our communities, you know, like a, a, a biracial, uh, you know, intersectional spirit, spiritual background, a black man in America, uh, a, a non-binary person who um, is let's be honest like I'm just extra all the time and I like this <laughs> and, like, and I like the smoke but but like here I am and I can't give up on Christianity so I, I blew up on TikTok this week which was an interesting Ooh, okay uh, the wrong side of TikTok found me first and just feasted on my carcass uh, oh, but, but that oh, sorry. The algorithm so the right side of TikTok found me and I made a video about being reluctantly Christian and people are like well why be a Christian and so for me, my story of intersectionality is that when I came out, I had this, I had to be willing to sacrifice everything. I can't, mm. I like a pastor's family. Um, I grew up understanding myself to be a person with a calling into ministry. Uh, I went to a Christian college. All of my friends were steeped in Christendom. I worked at a Christian summer camp. So I had to give up my family. I had to give up my, you know, my ecological location. I had to leave rural New York and go to the city for a while and be, be like uh, couch-serving in New York. And I had to give up. perhaps what was most devastating to me was my idea of vocation and, and being a pastor. And you know, for so long, I felt like I had to deal with the church. And then in this past year, largely catapulted by the 2016 election and the mounting tension that's been building, I said, you know what, I've dealt with the church long enough, now they have to deal with me. And then what happened was uh, about 365 days ago, uh, I got word about this evangelical non-denominational church in my town um, that if I'm being honest, I can't stand because it's bad theology and it's unintelligible preaching and it's all hype. (laughs) Um, intelligible
0: preacher. I like that. Gonna, that'll <laughs> preach right there.
1: I know, man. I can't even get a quote from this guy to clap back at because he speaks like Trump. Um,
0: <laughs> oh, no.
1: But I, I stood out in <laughs> front of my salon. The day after my salon was vandalized, someone threw oh. a brick through our window that said the first Pride was a riot against police brutality. Hashtag happy Pride. Hashtag Black Lives Matter. Someone threw a brick through it. And um, despite this being my third instance of being like targeted by a hate crime, the police in my town don't think it's a hate crime. Uh, and I stood up and I popped back at this, at, at evangelicalism, prompted by this pastor, but at evangelicalism. And the na- the title of the video was the evangelical church is uh, you know, something like an engine of hate and bigotry in our society. And apparently this pastor thought, I was talking about him. I don't know why he got that idea because I never said his name, but he made a big deal out of it. Well, that video got 10k views, um, which has never happened to me before ever. Just an extemporaneous eight minute and 48 second speech. And I realized that someone or a lot of someone's needed my level of intersectionality in order for Christianity to hold any water. And I hear that like a lot in your story too. So, so like, my question to you is, is what makes you give a shit still about Christianity?
0: What keeps <laughs> you here, you know? <laughs> oh, wow. wow. Uh, so, yeah. <laughs> it's a small, small, small way to start. Um, well, I mean, I think there's a few different things. I think with, with, with anything that I think we wrestle with, right. We find things that we can attach ourselves to and then kind of begin to chew away at that. Um, for me, it's looking at, okay, let me look at, for example, just how the world is, is put together. And I don't necessarily mean the people, I literally mean the figurative world. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know, when you think about the core of the earth, you think about you know, the planetary systems, uh, you think about how the sun is constructed, where we sit in the Milky Way, kind of in the suburbs, away from any kind of you know, devastating gamma rays that could come out of the center of, of the Milky Way. I begin to ask myself, and I remember talking to a couple of astrophysicists and them saying like, you know, to have gotten humanity to where we're at and, you know, like if it was just randomness, it would be the equivalent of somebody with a rifle trying to sharpshoot a can on the moon.
1: Yeah, yeah. <laughs> okay,
0: yep. you yeah. know, uh, and 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 so I'm like, okay there's obviously something broader than us here. I truly believe that. I truly believe in the supernatural. I do believe there's something, there's even power that resides within us. Mm -hmm. But when we get down to the nitty gritty, so much of it has been skewed Mm -hmm. and colonized and taken and misconstrued in such a way that you get people to throw things through your window and to call you evil names, nefarious names, names that, you know, should never be uttered, but because they believe that that is what God would want them to do, right? Um, And I think for me, just as a scholar, I'm trying to just continually figure out what does that mean? Like like what causes somebody, like, think about it, like Jim Jones, I grew up in that era, right? Like I remember as a kid, seeing them on television, like seeing folks, they're showing the dead bodies. And I'm thinking even then, what causes somebody to follow somebody to that length? Because we're humans, unless, you know, this is Looper and some kids got levitating powers. You got the same powers that I got. So it's just like, there's gotta be something beyond that. So then, then we get into social constructs. What does it mean to say no to things? There was a Simpsons episode. I love the Simpsons and um, uh, Homer was joining this cult and they had gotten everybody to come into uh, this room to hear the message from the leader. Um, And I remember people were like, man, this is dumb. I'm I'm getting up. And then they shine a spotlight right on that person. They were like, why are you getting up? Can you tell us you're free to leave? you know, but, you know, but don't, but, but can you tell us? And then they just felt so like humiliated. They sat back down. That for me is, is, is trying to understand Christianity. That's part of what keeps me engaged in it. The other part of it is, um, you know, is, is the, the astrophysics of it, the -hmm. astronomy of it. It's like, is God a higher power? And I this I say this to some people and I'll definitely say this to you, Leo, because I think you 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 can handle it. Because a lot of people hear it and they and they think, oh, you're one of those like UFO alien dudes, like, well, no, 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 hold up, hold up, just not completely. Right. But, <laughs> but... also not not. <laughs> right.
1: Exactly.
0: <laughs> exactly. And so a part of it is I'm trying to figure out, is this just the religion we find ourselves in? In the current moment that we have because of the wars because of the politics because of the way we've structured our ethos as as a country right i mean people think that the united states especially when you see movies right the only place in the world that exists is the u.s that's it (laughs) and and it's going to be some u.s person that saves the world um so i'm i i I, I want to figure that out. And, and and what keeps me, the supernatural what keeps me, is the knowing that I think there's something beyond what we see in front of us. Yeah, uh, in fact, I know that. Go ahead. That's
1: kind of where I'm at. Like, I've always, there is some, there is something that I have felt in these moments of intersection with faith and religious experience that I had in my evangelical days, right? But there's something tangible I felt. And I can't, I can't disavow that. So my only option is to make sense of it in intersection with where I am at now. And I feel like to me, um, I always, people are like, are you a Christian? And I like choke on the word, like, I can't, I can't get, but I can't say I'm not. And so I, I have two assumptions about where I'm at in life. I think that I personally, as I identify as a non-binary person who feels fully male and fully female, uh, that's, that's me in a nutshell, like I embody those things a lot. Uh, I also feel like spiritually non-binary. That's kind of like where I'm, the point that I'm working from because I believe there's an intersectionality of of religion and faith that we th- that exists. And I'm trying to understand that and I always compare it to speaking languages, right? So um, no matter where I go in the world, even if I moved somewhere else and worked really hard and learned the language, my first language would still be English. And so mm-hmm. I kind of that, compare that to my religious background, because no matter where I go, I will always be Christian. And especially as someone who doesn't know their racial or ethnic background, like I asked my mom what I was and she said white. And I was like, mom, like, you can't go back to the <laughs> land of white. That's not a thing, Like I, I can't go back and visit white on vacation. You know what I mean? Um, <laughs> some, as, right, as someone who doesn't have a religious or ethnic background, Christianity is my culture. And yeah. as much as I don't like that, um, when I was reading Kristen Kobe Dumay's new book of uh, Jesus and John Wayne, I actually had her on the podcast uh, a couple months ago. And um, we were talking, and I was really coming to this realization that this is my culture. And so I'm not fucking giving it up. Don't made me give up everything else. Like I'm back and I'm taking it back. And I don't know. Right. I'll fix it. I'll, it's broken, but I'll fix it. I'll try. You know what I mean? And I feel like the best way to do that is to lean into the questions about how terrible Christianity has been, and to take your to take my faith tradition seriously enough to hold it accountable. And to really understand it and to push up against the edges of it and to figure it out. And I feel like that's part of the process right now in the world is, I mean, it parallels so closely with America too. Like, what the hell does this actually mean? What is good here? What is colonization here? And how do we make this anything that's redemptive in the future?
0: Well, let me ask you this then, Leo. I mean, with that in mind, um, like what... Where do you uh well I don't know if I want to ask that. I I, I know none of us are futurists, but I am curious like what keeps you motivated when there is such a visceral like I'm b- before we uh you know hooked up and got all the technology going I'm reading an article about how you know Flynn is talking about, you know they had a big rally I guess yesterday in in, in somewhere in Texas on the QAnon conspirators. And cuz the power of religion is is something not to be uh, underestimated, right? Yeah. The power of heaven and hell. When you think about just those binaries e- yeah. elements, I'm yeah. either gonna go to heaven, or I'm either gonna go to hell, and I damn sure don't wanna go to hell. And so what keeps you going in the midst of, of this hate, that you know, and with religion being used at the center of it. Does that make sense? Maybe you've already yeah. answered that. I don't know.
1: Yeah, no, it no, it does. It makes perfect sense. Um, I was actually discussing it's funny, I, I was on TikTok. Um, I've been on TikTok for 72 seconds. I'm not an influencer <laughs> by any means. I just had two or three videos get really big, but someone was asking me about heaven and hell, and there, and I was like, Well, first of all, I don't believe in the like I don't believe in binary heaven or hell. I I don't think that exists. Um, but there's there's something there that the world needs that can come through the practice of religion. And uh, I think it's time for religious people to be engaging in this conversation. Particularly, I spoke to um, Dr. Rachel Mikva, who is, uh, she works at Chicago Theological Seminary. She is a Jewish uh, person and she wrote a book called Dangerous Religious Ideas. If you haven't read it, I would highly recommend it. It's amazing. I've heard of it,
0: I haven't read it, but that's, I've heard of it.
1: it's so good. We had the most amazing conversation about it because she talks about how religion is innately a dangerous idea because you wield the power of heaven and hell, and, but you also are a human at the same time. And so she talked about how for especially Abrahamic faiths, there is a self-critical practice that is built into the faith. And when religion Mm -hmm. becomes disembodied from that self-critical practice, it becomes dogma and it becomes cult-like and it becomes dangerous. And so for me, I'm taking my faith tradition seriously enough. It's the lens through which I view the world, right? And so I'm taking it seriously enough to say, what does this have to offer to the world? What has it done wrong in the world What can we fix? What can we keep? What should we throw away? And I think for me, one of the most beautiful parts about Christianity is the understanding of the ability to access and engage with divinity without the need for an intermediary. Um, And I think that's a very powerful thing. Now, some people, if you didn't grow up Christian, you never had that. Like my wife and I occupy the same space spiritually. We got there incredibly differently. And frankly, I'm jealous sometimes because she doesn't have the hangups I have, you know, but, but we've come to this same space and, and I want to see, like, I want to taste and I want to see, and I want to know, and I want to push up on the edges of against of this doctrine of Christianity. And frankly, at this point, I'm dragging these motherfuckers along with me because they're going to have to admit (laughs) they were wrong at some point. And if they're not going to admit it, I'm going to admit it for them.
0: (laughs) That's it. That's it. Well, part of it is, is I feel like, In all of this, we're all trying to figure our way out. It's right. It's like the old, what is it? Tori Amos song, what if God was one of us, right? It's like, we're still trying to figure our way home. Now, some people have a bigger microphone and they're able to construct and yell and say things in such a way that it makes it sound like this is absolute. I grew up in one of those churches, a black Seventh-day Adventist church that stated, we know the truth, right? And everybody else, don't and so you know and there's something right about that because it's like man the supernatural spooks Mm -hmm. a lot of people right right. it's just like you know hey hey that wasn't supposed to move and hey hey did you hear those voices it's like well let's you know and 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 for me it's like I want to begin continue to figure things out. I'm one of those people who, as I've studied and gotten deeper into both anthropology, uh, archaeology, and also the study of religion, um, there's a lot of stuff that's been skewed out there um, yeah. in in regards to right sacred passages. One of the reasons why i I still like the Quran because the Quran says, look, if you really want to learn the word of Allah, you need to understand Arabic. Yeah. <laughs> yes, we have other versions. That's cool. But those are interpretations. Yeah. Whereas the Bible just got all kinds of shit. Like I grew up thinking the King James Version was the only version. Anything else, the NIV was written by first dayers. That's what we call people who went right. to church on Sunday.
1: All right, and all
0: right. uh, the King James Version was God's word. And honestly, Leo, it wasn't until I actually got to seminary and I had the guts to ask the question, where did the Bible come from? Because I thought yep. it literally came out of the heaven from yep. God in God's hands and handing it to humanity. <laughs> um, and, and then when I found out about councils of Nicaea and the debates and Christendom and I, I was like, wait, 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 wait a minute you mean how yeah. the niggas put this shit together they're like what I mean, like it wasn't no
1: oh my god I had some, I had someone on my page like trying to fight with me about how the bible came to be and first of all it's like you're swimming out of your depth Tony but whatever right. okay right. I'll engage you for a minute and right. they're like you don't believe God wrote the bible and I said I just wrote in all caps God did not have hands <laughs> right it's just stuck around like this man. and, and uh, listen I'm not throwing the bible away of course, of course of not. Taking it serious. I'm the only motherfucker in the room taking it seriously enough to say, let's study that context. Because right, I right. believe the Bible has been misused. Yes, that is unquestionable. But I think we just flat out missed some shit too, especially if you don't learn the context. Like you're missing the actual truth in there. And, and I feel like the you know, there there is value to the Bible. I can believe in the value of the Bible with, with while also not supporting its inerrancy. It's still a valuable book that has shaped the world. But do I say that every single line out of To Kill a Mockingbird is to be lived by? No, I don't, (laughs) right? (laughs) But it's a valuable book, right? And I can can still hold to that and read Sufi poets and, and study the Torah and talk to some Satanists along the way. Like I can still engage with the Bible and have all of those other conversations. So why the hell did we let it get right. so cloistered and so misunderstood to the point where people literally think God wrote the Bible? Like, it doesn't make sense.
0: Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> well, and then so much of that shit then gets tied to people's work, yeah. um, people's financial. Because it's like if somebody doesn't think you fit, we can just cut you out, right? And right out. I learned this, and was one of the reasons why I I got out of nonprofit work. It, 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 within faith-based nonprofit work, let me be let me be clear because yeah. I just couldn't take so much of the money in Christianity is tied up in ultra-right wing uh, environments. It's like those yes. motherfuckers just bottled up all the money uh, and and uh, you know and just and just kept it for themselves. And so it, it, because it's like if they didn't like a certain thing, if they didn't like a certain way of your view of the Bible, right? Then it was like, well, then I'm just gonna just take my take my money and and, and go elsewhere and, and whatnot. Yep. And I. <laughs> Hated being at the whim of that. I'll be I'll be honest with you. I'm I'm kind of I, I'm kind of hood in that in that sense. It's like I don't I don't I don't I don't like being like at the whim of anybody's Mm-mm. thing, which is why like, you know, both you know, my wife and I, and and we've you know, we've we've made a decision like, okay, debt, yes, we owe on our house, but let's try to cut everything else out. Cause I'm just like, man, I don't I hate owing somebody something. I don't want to be
1: under anybody's thumb.
0: Right. And so ultimately, I think Christianity, you know, for me is an exploration and it's a continual journey rather than the ultimate destination, which I feel like a lot of churches. And I'll just speak frankly about POC churches, you know, these multi-ethnic and multicultural churches, because While they may talk about racial issues, they come very short of talking about issues of LGBTQ fam. Mm -hmm. Um, And I I remember bringing this up at one of the conferences. This was a multi-ethnic national conference and Mm -hmm. saying that, you know, our LGBTQ fam needs to be invited and need to be in positions of power within a church and people automatically like it was cool talking about white supremacy and white races and dropping a couple of fuck bombs. Right. You know, about, you know, whiteness. But the minute I said anything about gay people Mm -hmm. like, "Mm." Like, Mm hmm, like you could hear a pin drop in the room and stuff. And I'm like, that's problematic, fam. Like, really? Like, y'all, y'all going to be that? Right. Whole tip about it. Like y'all going to be that. And, and that is the truth. And that for me, I struggle. I was, again, telling my partner, because we have these conversations all the time. I was like, I don't want to be in a white evangelical church. Conversely, I don't want to also be in a black Baptist church either. While I may like the music, I may like the the energy itself. The yeah. theology tends to be very, very shallow. And it is about. Again, the destination. We're here. We're already there. Let's talk about these things rather than actual the actual journey, Uh, and that's what I struggle with. Because right now, you know, I don't I don't go to church. I don't. I mean, because I just I'm (laughs) I'm still asking the question like, what's what's the purpose of this? So. Oh man, it gets that's real complicated kind of, and muddy. Go ahead.
1: That's kind of where you know I mentioned to you, and I I mean I might as well mention to the rest of anybody who watches this. Uh, I've begun to uh, write a book entitled "Queering Church." Don't try to take your fingers off, off. That's uh, right. But but I think that there is a divinely holy process right now that needs to be happening that our culture is primed for, which is the the queering. Of the church that was systematically unqueered. Because if you look back in ancient times and if you really study the Hebrew Bible and if you understand the social context, when Christianity arose, first of all, they're not calling themselves Christians. Let's just point that out. But when you know, when uh when the Torah was written, right? Faith was queer in its nature, right? It was henotheistic. So what you had um to to break down that term of henotheism is the idea that they're the belief in a god without the villainizing or um disenfranchisement of other gods right so like it was like this is the god in the pantheon of gods that we worship and that worked but then all of a sudden you roll up on you know the deuteronomic author of the torah you roll up on leviticus and you see oh wait what they're trying to centralize the religion so that was the first step in the unqueering of that mm. which is queer. And when I say queer, I'm not, it's important that everybody knows, I'm not specifically talking about orientation and gender. Sure, that's a part of it. But queer, and in particular queer theology, and the verb of queering, is the idea that queering to queer something is to dissolve the binary nature of it Ooh, because the on, binary please. nature the binary nature is not supported by psychology it's not supported by ecology it's not supported by biology it's not supported by geography it's not supported by anthropology like the the beginning of the shit show in my opinion the beginning of the shit show in antiquity was when we said let's centralize the cult religion let's formalize this Let's make rules. And that was the first domino to fall to get to where we've got. And mm-hmm. so for me, que- the act of queering, the verb of queering, and the idea of queering church is a reclamation of what it was supposed to be before all the patriarchy and, and the colonizers and let's call it the white people, before they all got in the way, right? <laughs> before the white, straight, landowning men got in the way, church... And faith was fundamentally queer. It was an interaction with the divine where you were at. You had an interaction with the divine in your space and you built an altar to symbolize that. And then all of a sudden, mm. the, the central body said, we can't have that. You can only come to this altar. And I, please don't understand me as saying that as an anti-Semitic way, because that's not what I'm saying. I'm just saying the religion in general started queer, became less queer by the use of the institution. And then historically, we're seeing the fallout of that. And so my work as you know a practical queer theologian, and I'm just owning those titles at that point, I'm taking them. No one will take them. Yeah, come them. On. Mine. <laughs> um, that's the work that I want to engage in, in my practice of being a Christian. And frankly, my practice of Christian very infrequently involves talking about being a Christian. And it very frequently involves talking to everybody else I can talk to. Yeah. <laughs> and, and I think that's the bummer about the people that have that big microphone. It's not all the people, but they got a big enough microphone they convinced you of that. And they're the ones that are insular. And we gotta be like, hold the phone, right? right. You're unqueering what was innately queer. Get the fuck out of here, right? <laughs> like, uh, like I'm queer and I'm right. coming for you. I'm black and I'm coming for you. I'm um I'm differently abled and I'm coming for you. There's so many levels of intersectionality that we lose. When we unqueer that was, which was meant to be queer originally. And, and I think that that's, that for me is what I'm sticking around for. I'm using my first language of Christianity to try to make the world a better fucking place. And I'm not doing that by escapism. And I'm not doing that by waiting for the rapture. And I'm not doing that by just <laughs> quoting verses I don't understand. I'm doing that by going out and doing the work. Right. And that's right. what I want my book, Queer Church, to be about. Right. So we're gonna uh, I'm start. I'm writing the history portion now to try mm. to, take, to try to take church history and, and break it down in one chapter, right? Not presumptuous <laughs> at all.
0: <laughs> that's but, right. But
1: I want to take, I wanna lay a foundation for the idea that the church was queer. It was, right? If you're if you're understanding queer as I as I'm putting it forth. And then I want to talk about what the church is. Uh, in a queer manner because there is something that makes people want to go to church even satanists even atheists even secular humanists we still want to all come together in a community around a set of ideas that's an innately human thing and i think that's what the church has to offer but we just it got a little fucked up along the way And so I would like to be (laughs) queer that was originally queer. And I wanna do that by my work of just being my intersectional self and challenging people to do that as well.
0: Well, I I absolutely adore and love that because I, and, and that for me is another reason why I continue to hang around with Christianity because there are thinkers like yourself who, are trying to push the boundaries which is the only way anything grows is is by pushing those boundaries and by i mean even the way we grow i I had growing pains as a kid because i was growing fast and my bones and skin couldn't keep up and so right (laughs) so this is part of it and i feel like we're at that time right now in the research, I mean, and I'll go to my in my academic mode. I mean, it's like I wrote about this three years ago in my book, Homeland Insecurity, that the research is suggesting that young adults, 18 to 28, are are simply saying we're not throwing away God, right. but we yep. are saying the way it's been done, that's we're so done right. with that shit. Yep, yep. Like the exclusion of this group, the exclusion of that group, the the imprisonment and enslavement of this group. Now nah, we're we're good we're good with that and so that for me is part of like I I'm hoping I can live long enough to to be able to see the evolution, uh, to use that term, um, of what Christianity can become because it's going to be a fight. I mean, and I think that's yeah. it because ideological structures are much bigger than even technological structures because ideology goes deep within us. It, 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 it motivates us. And I'm speaking of myself right now. I mean, I'm, I'm motivated by different ideologies and motivated by different things and, 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 you know, that I read on, but the reality of it is, is that I think as society, especially here in the U S and because the U S is such a superpower and we pump out all of our stuff, you know, the good, the bad and the ugly to the rest of the world. Um, it, it, so much of you know what is Christianity is looked upon right now as the U.S. Yes, um, and and that for me just begins to you know put a, again a more of a crawl you know in my own in my own bag. But I love what you're doing with with the definition of queering the, the and how we look at that because there is let I me mean, let's just be honest there is something to be said. Um, I was at a Hindu temple, you know, I don't know, this is probably about 10 years ago and I loved uh, what folks were talking about there because they were like, you know, we have one God, but there's many different versions of this God. And they took me through the different passages of what that looks like. That's no different than honestly what we do with Jesus. We no. take Jesus in this, Jesus is the conservative Jesus that wants unborn babies to be born. You know, that kid, okay, that's one version of Jesus. You got another Jesus over here. That's just kind of your friend and doesn't want to do any kind of violence or whatever. Then we got the angry God over here that does want to kill everybody. And that wants to, and you know, even the debates that went on between the God of the old Testament and the God of the new Testament, the God of the new Testament is saying, you know, love your enemy, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, let's, let's, let's think about that. Whereas the God of the old Testament is like, nah, man, take them niggas out, right? And yeah, go in Stay and up. kill. A- dash,
1: dash their baby's heads off roxas Right. We're done. We're done. Right. Done. right. Right. <laughs> I mean,
0: no. and that's, in that for me, I'm just like, okay, we, and, and, you know, even the way people try to, you know, break down, you know, god the trinity and whatnot i'm just like all right we're we're talking in in very polytheistic terms but we don't want to call it polytheistic and
1: exactly (laughs) so so uh in your proximity with the nation of islam uh and i this is not something i'm I'm an expert in uh but i did i had some uh my history of christian thought class actually was like 30 percent um muslim this year okay Uh, which I love, uh, Chicago Theological, I'm gonna say uh, like a third of my professors this semester were Jewish and a third of my classmates were Islamic. And I loved that diversity. But one of the biggest questions in the history of Christian thought was like, what the hell do you do with the Trinity? Like, how is that how is that monotheism? And that was an interesting conversation we were having. Um, and I think that there are these things that are are, translational issues and we got to talk about them right like we need to sit down and dialogue like if you believe seriously in the trinity how do you explain that and also hold that in the same hands as monotheism like how do you do that and i just thought it was really cool to see that to see that um that you know religious ideology challenged by not challenged in a mean way but just questioned by someone who it was completely foreign to like how you know like we got to have those conversations. Right. Like we got. Right. Have
0: them. <laughs> right. Exactly. 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 A colleague of mine at Cal State Northridge, because I'm, I'm a West Coast guy through and through. I mean, uh, and uh, one of the best religious studies departments that I taught at was at Cal State L.A. Um, and uh colleague of mine, you know, he talked about just he was a pastor and um, it, at a, at a you know at a local church but he was just like I want my congregation to know some of these things that we don't talk about a lot and that was one of the issues that he talked about like engaging with a conversation of looking at a polytheistic Christian god. Yeah. Um, he also talked about how you know the narrative of the messianic figure of Christ you know predated Jesus you know yeah. by 400 500 years and stuff and he was like again I'm not trying to reshape how your faith is, other than I want you to know these things are out there. Um, And so much of it is is drawn around fear and power. One of the best lines I saw in, in, or I mean, I love everything about The Handmaid's Tale. Um, So much in that television series, it's probably one of the best that I've seen in a while, Um, that just kept me engaged and I had to coach myself to breathe through every episode. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> <laughs> through every damn episode. And I love the way they nuanced things, but one of the best things that I, that I heard on there was like, you know, it was never about the kids. It was never about the Bible. It was never about all the, He said, all that's window dressing. Yep. Always been about power.
1: Yes, always, always, always been about power. Always.
0: You know what I'm saying? And that's, that's what gets me. Cause I'm just like all this stuff about like people, you know, go upside down about abortion. I'm just like, they ain't got nothing to do with abortion. Nope. All blue lives matter. The fuck it does. Y'all is out there killing you with that, right? Nothing to do with that. Y'all could give a fuck about blue lives. Y'all just want to have something to say against black life, right? Exactly. Or against LGBTQ fam, or against queers, or against whoever you that doesn't. You don't want to have power, and and that for me again comes back to it. I'm just like this is about power, and I, and it drives me nuts as someone who studies media that folks get so duped into mm-hmm. thinking, oh, oh my gosh. It was like, again, a Family Guy episode when Lois runs for governor or mayor. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, Brian's trying to coach her like, you know, hey, you got to just be a lot more simple. And she's like, 9-11? And they're like, oh my gosh, yes, 9-11? You know, and she's got- like, <laughs> and people are like, yeah, I like her, I like her, yeah. That's really where we go. And we start thinking about discourse and how things get broken down and rhetorical theory and whatnot. <laughs> Um, it's why I can't stand debates, like presidential debates, because I'm just like, you know, I can't answer something in 90 seconds about the Middle East conflict and between Palestine and Israel yeah. in 90 seconds. The fuck yeah. are you talking and about, man?
1: This is the thing: is that systems of power will always work to stay in power. It doesn't it matter who's in right. power, right? right? And let me throw, let me throw an analogy down here for you, right? Come on. So, so, so Blue Lives Matter didn't exist until there was an assertion that black lives matter, right? The concept of blue lives was created to vilify and demonize black lives. The concept of heterosexuality and homosexuality didn't exist in the Bible because homosexuality was not vilified. It was an understood part of culture. Heterosexuality was created so that we could condemn those that were homosexual because they were different. And so in much the same way that Blue Lives Matter is a fictional thing, like heterosexuality as an ideological structure, I would argue is a fictional thing, because it was a binary that was created to divide and to allow the people in power to keep in power. And so I think that's where the spirit, I I think the idea of queering is a spiritual discipline.
0: Because
1: because the idea of Blue Lives Matter was decided to make you click up with your like kind so that that like kind could stay in power and hold on to public opinion and maintain public office, right? Blue lives didn't exist until black lives were on the line, right? And and I I think I don't, I'm not black, so I don't wanna completely conflate the two, but I think that's where you begin to see the ideology of binary thinking become a weapon and I think that that's problematic because there it's all about power just like you said like name name one time um when when someone uh, when a politician stated their religion as a means of uh, 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 anything other than garnering support of people who are also of that religion you know what I mean like how people in power will do what's possible to stay in power and we as is the peons down here as just the lowly thinkers that that can't get a real job or whatever you know um it's our job to disrupt that system because otherwise they're just skating through they're just getting off uh, free and that's not okay like we got to be like fuck what you heard like that's not what it's about you know we have to do it otherwise otherwise religion is not redemptive in my opinion right If, if if it only serves to keep people in power in power then i'm out of it but if it serves to create practical change or bring about community or or, or drive a fo- focus on social justice, then I'm about it. But I'm not about the power mongering and that's what we see so much. And I, I, I'm saying this about Christianity, but I think you can see because religion is a dangerous idea innately, you can see how that plays out in other ways, you know?
0: Absolutely, absolutely. And even who controls the narrative of say, for example, Jesus, right? Like who gets to say, this is what Jesus was. I mean, once we start to actually break down who Jesus was and what Jesus did, Mm Th- that individual that person would stand on the outside of what we define right as Christianity today yes. because Jesus broke so many of those rules and 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 would talk shit to people very quite often you know once we start to actually get into the actual text um that most but that that's why he, that people were like man let's kill this nigga let's kill this motherfucker he's always talking shit about the yeah. Pharisees and the Sadducees yeah. outlaw this and he's hanging out with a bunch of freaking thugs as well um that are all armed by the way uh you know and that's the other thing that people talk about it's like you had the whole nother conversation on you know being armed or whatever but it's just like man most of them cats was armed and stuff and so Jesus was a threat to those yeah. systems of power yeah. uh even when you know Pontius Pilate asks him you know about power he's just like you know hey you you know whatever you know just do to me do what you do quickly you know it's just like yep throws that back into it. So I, I, I have to ask myself, if we're really looking at Jesus as our example, are we really? Or have we made this Jesus into the idol um, of what Jesus himself would have stood against uh, at, at during that time of Jesus, right? Yeah. The idleness of, of what an image of Jesus is.
1: You know what my favorite thing to talk about is well not my favorite but I, I like to talk about a lot of things I like to talk I'm just I'm putting it out there but um, I, I I love the difference between fandom Jesus and like right. historical Jesus I'm not even gonna go with biblical Jesus because I think to me even historical Jesus if that's all we got I think historical Jesus was still pretty fucking badass right and, and was really subversive right but like fandom Jesus is this just like pale complected smooth hair swedish looking fellow <laughs> who carries a gun and, and believed in america even though america the idea of america is completely anachronistic to the existence right. of jesus right <laughs> right, we, right. Don't, we don't need to talk about that because like you know i'll never forget one time someone told me well you know bad things are going to happen in america because america is not in the book of revelations and i was like because America's like a couple hundred years old <laughs> <laughs> right like I can't even, right. but you've got fandom Jesus who's standing there with a shirt that says God guns in the Bible and a fucking assault rifle ready to take out anyone, anyone who's looting or protesting. And then you've got historical Jesus who's got a goddamn brick in his hand. Like what, how do you, how do you <laughs> match the two? Like, I want to do a whole episode on fandom Jesus versus real Jesus. because. I love it. I Started because it's like who are you actually following right right what what kind of mental hula hoops do you have to do to listen to george bush on an aircraft carrier quote the book of isaiah about bombing the middle east what the hell like, right. what in the intellectual dishonesty hell
0: <laughs> right right right
1: like fandom, like who do you, who do you really believe in? And mm-hmm. maybe for me, that's part of my reclamation process of Christianity. Is being like, you guys are following the wrong damn vehicle. Like, I, I don't. One time I was in, <laughs> uh, I was riding home from a college soccer game at NIAC, and we were supposed to follow the the white van in front of us. That's all we had to do. My team captain was driving. Our coach was in the other van, and we just had to follow the white van in front of us. And we were driving home. Um, we were driving home from, oh, man. Uh, I want to say it was like Dominican University. That was like our big arch rival at Nyack, right? Not very far away, but that was our sports arch rival. We're driving back from there to Nyack, so like away from the city, and all of a sudden we're at the George Washington Bridge, and we realized we were following the the wrong damn white van. And I feel like that's the perfect analogy for the American church. Like You're following (laughs) the wrong vehicle. Right,
0: (laughs) right. It is the truth. You know it's the I mean? damn truth. It's the it's the it's the wrong vehicle. And it's like there's a goddamn hitch though on it, you know, so much oh. that it's 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 about to fall off the goddamn bridge and stuff, yes. man. And so yes. oh.
1: like there's these things that we just picked up along the way, and you're like, surely that's Christianity, surely that's Christianity, surely, surely that's Christianity. You know what I mean, like? Yes. We should play a game like, is this from a Republican presidential candidate speech or is this from the Bible? Because I feel like people <laughs> wouldn't be able to tell the difference. I feel like the Republican speech, uh Republican presidential speeches might might get more points in that game. You know what right, I'm saying?
0: Right, 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 right. Oh my is, gosh.
1: It, it's honestly a violence to the original text, yeah. the original context and to the yeah. original belief system. It's a violence. And I yes. think that's not
0: OK. <laughs> no, I agree. I agree. I couldn't agree more. I think that um, because of the distortion, right, and, and because so much of that has been co-opted and, and associated right with all the things that kind of go with, and i give it to the GOP environment. They know how to galvanize their group around certain hot button issues that so most good at it they're they're right they're professionals at it right to get them to think that somehow voting restriction laws need to be put back in place in these red states yeah. because the election was unfair and we don't want things to be unfair even though we would take every advantage of the you know what i'm saying that we yeah. can that's afforded to us and, yeah. and and that's what gets me about again the ideology. I mean, I don't identify when people talk about you know, religion and everything. I don't identify as, is you know, flat out as a Christian, uh, mm-hmm. because of the connotation that comes with that. You say that in a crowd, um, it's it, people just, oh man, here yeah. we go. You know, they already
1: believe 20 things about you that you haven't said and right. Might not subscribe to depending on your camp, you know, exactly,
0: exactly.
1: And again, Oh, go ahead.
0: No, no, I, I was, I was just, all I was going to say was like, again, that's the power of the soundbite society, which is really yeah. where we've gotten to a point with religion and theology. It's soundbites.
1: Mm-hmm. Absolutely, it is a hundred percent. And I, I don't, I'm not like entirely a Bill Maher fan, but he was like saying how yeah, people, yeah. Get their, people get their news from Instagram, and I was like, you know what? Like, I, I would like to say that's wrong, but I don't think it is entirely. And I, <laughs> we have to, we have to go beyond that. But I almost want to look at. <clears throat> I wonder what would happen I'm really trying to get a cult psychologist on the show. I'll just break that down. I've been been throwing out Hail Marys left and right because what makes a cult and what makes a valuable belief system and how do we avoid those pitfalls going forward? uh, I think that's part of queering the church, right? Is moving away from cult ideology. But I do, the, the GOP does a damn good job of getting their people to unite on a couple of things. Like you could look, you could see another Republican out and you could fucking hate them. But as long as you know that they're for babies' lives and they're for guns, you are besties. And I think that, like, yep. I wish we could do that on the left, whatever that means, because the left in America is just actually slightly tipped off of center. But, um, yeah. uh, you know, but in, America, uh, in, in American politics and in religion, could we just harness the power of believing on the essentials and letting everybody fucking deal with the rest? Because that's what the GOP has managed to do. And while I think they're waning in practical power... I think they're smart in that. And I I wish we could do that in Christianity, except major on the good shit, right? Like the love shit and the feeding the widows, the orphan and the poor and the bringing of the kingdom of heaven to earth and, and, and all of that. Like, I wish we could coalesce on that. And to me, that's like the real work. And that to me is why I stick around because if we're not doing that, any form of religion is useless to me. Right. I don't know what's going to happen when I die. So I can't put all my eggs in the basket of it's going to be good then, but it sucks now. Right. That is unintelligent. That is a horrible bet. You know what I mean? Exactly.
0: No, exactly. And I mean, and, and, you know, especially once we start to think about, you know, what afterlife looks like, um, none of us know. And that's the thing, you know, people talk about, oh, I was dead 20 minutes. I want to talk to a motherfucker that's been dead a week. Exactly. go from there right you've been dead a week seven days verified in the morgue then you came back to life i'll have a conversation with you but 20 minutes your brain especially all the stuff that we know about brain psychology and when it's you know oxygen deprived and all the things that i mean how many times have we had a dream that just felt real right you know that just felt a certain way and so i you know for me i'm just like none of us know and and it's (laughs) <laughs> you know, it's it's one of those things. It's like, you know, how how do you know and who told you like this was going to be the case? And so, you're absolutely right. It's like, you know, it's like when people say, "Well, you know," but the afterlife and all this that, like, right, but. People are living in hell right now, here in the US, right now. Here and
1: now. In America, your beloved sacred cow of a country that realistically is actually just still a social experiment, if you want to talk about the time that it takes to be a really fully formed country. Like America is America is the McDonald's of, of civilizations, <laughs> right? I went to Spain and one of the first things that changed my life about being in Spain. I came out when I was in Barcelona to a close friend of mine there. That's hmm. So that was a big trip for me, but the whole trip was revolutionary for me. And one of the big things was, I was just walking down the street and I was like, this building is older than my whole damn country. You know what I mean? And we get so <laughs> used to in America, we have prefab buildings, we have yep. fashion. Food. We have church buildings that are literally modular buildings that come out of a catalog, and they got the goddamn Sagrada Familia. They got Montserrat. They have things with real history, and I think that we have to be willing to admit that this American fandom Christianity Jesus, it is literally still a social experiment in terms of the the rest of history. Yeah. yeah. Get out of center stage and learn something. It's like, I have a 12 year old and God, man, I just must, I must have been blessed to have been given the most intelligent 12 year old, if you ask him. Right. And I, that's what America is. And that's what American evangelicalism. It's a 12 year old telling you how to parent. Cause that's something my 12 year old likes to do. It's a 12 year old telling you how to parent. We've, we've got to change that narrative or we're just irrelevant. Right,
0: and you know, and and it leads to the possibility. I mean, because we we as humans, right, this is why we need each other mm-hmm. and each other to kind of help push each other and hold each other up, because we're innately blinded by what sounds good and by what feels good, and it's so easy to slip into right this comfort zone um, of things that. You know, we want a singularized leader at some Mm -hmm. point. Right. And we want somebody to kind of lead the clan, so to speak. And so, um, you know, and that's where I think like there's more than enough people willing to stand up and be like, I'll I'll be that person. I know how to speak well. I know how to you know. And and then that's where things just start to get fucked, you know, quite, quite honestly. Um, And it really wasn't until I left the Adventist faith that I was able to see that Mm. on a broader scope. Um, that there was this, this hierarchy. I mean, mm-hmm. think about just how much religion has tried to control sex and mm-hmm. human sexuality, oh. who could procreate, how you can procreate, um, yep. when you can procreate all these different things, who can have kids, who can't have kids. This if is the that's way. Valid
1: if you're not procreating, we don't ex- know. You know what I mean?
0: ex- Exactly. Exactly. And so I think about it and I'm just like, it's like when people say, well, I want a biblical, you know, marriage. And I'm like, What the fuck does that even mean? Like, really? Like, is you want to marry your
1: sister and have seven hundred wives? Also, you want to have a couple concubines on the side? Like, I'm I'm trying to research right now to do a video on biblical marriage because if I hear that phrase one more time, I'm gonna fucking vomit.
0: Exactly, (laughs) exactly, man. Exact, and that's what I'm talking about, Leo. That those are the type of things that. We don't, and I remember asking the pastor. This is when I was still working as a youth pastor, but I was kind of—I was already on my way out right. uh, because I was asking the question. Like I said, like, all right, pastor. I said I'm reading Genesis, so eventually somebody gonna have to have sex with a uh, sister and brother.
1: Yep. Um,
0: you know, and I remember the pastor just flat out saying, "Well," rather than saying, "I don't know." You know, saying it was like, well, God allowed that for a, a a little bit of a time, and I'm like, God damn, God is freaky as fuck. Like, I don't know if I, I want to say this guy.
1: I can't, I can't. And those, you know, that that phrase of biblical marriage, I actually recoiled a little bit when you said it because it's one of those phrases, right? Like, yes. these are the things that we are supposed to be in concert with in, in American Christianity. We got biblical marriage is a thing, um, you know, like. Well, right, sexual practices is a thing. Blah blah blah. Meantime, motherfuckers don't want to realize that there are you know six main clobber passages loosely construed or you know represented to be nine sometimes if you look at doubled stories. And there's over there there are what is it thirty two over thirty two thousand verses in the Bible, like six seven eight nine talk about homosexuality. Over four hundred and seventy talk about dealing with poverty. we're going to have people in a first world country they can't afford to eat despite working full-time. But we got to talk about biblical right. marriage. Right. We talk about biblical marriage while people right. are starving.
0: Right. Two full-time jobs in some cases, right? Yep. You know, and still can't afford to fucking eat. Yep. Exactly. <laughs> like,
1: this is the point. We, we followed the wrong vehicle, right? And yes. if, nothing, if, if nothing else right now, I'll tell you one thing. I'm very fucking stubborn at this point. I'm just white knuckling my hold on to Christianity because like, holy shit, they got to do better. <laughs> well, I I think- a- Go ahead. No, i made a video called uh, a couple weeks ago it's on my youtube channel the video called uh, it's called i'm the crazy gay uncle at the family reunion (laughs) and and, and that's who i am to christendom i am the crazy gay uncle at the family reunion of christendom and they're like god we wish he wouldn't come back but i keep coming
0: that's it that's (laughs) it and and i think that that's again that's those are important aspects i think to have and the reality of it is is like so many folks just want the sameness. I and, and here's the thing. I remember my 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 former therapist used to say this all the time. He was just like, you know, people just want to know that you're doing the same things that they're doing. They don't mm-hmm. give a shit about anything else. Right. Are you going to church? Yep. Are you doing the same thing? Because ultimately, I don't want to have to question my own thing, because if you're not doing it, wait, why are you not doing it? Does that mean that I, I don't have to do this? Does that mean that I don't have to think this way? Yep. And that ultimate meta-narrative that I think that needs to be questioned and that kind of meta-theological thought that God is this way, heaven is this way, when I die, I'm going to immediately meet, you know, go into the afterlife and run into the light. None of us know that shit, so let's live what we have now yes. and continue to make this place a better place. But so many motherfuckers, like you said, are are, are confounded on two or three different things you know gun laws and you know jesus and you know and you know does jesus care about babies like okay let's go down that route do you really care about the kids though once they're born will you follow that kid especially if that kid you know comes out is a person of color ends up deciding to not be and follow god and becomes an atheist are you going to support their life through that
1: yep you got to make sure they can eat Right. That seems to be a fundamental concern. You can't <laughs> eat a Bible, right? Like, <laughs> oh, right. you can't eat a Bible, homie. Like, give me something real, give me something practical, something that matters exactly. You know? And I there's I think that there are those things within Christianity and within the Torah and within, you know, the New Testament. Uh, I may, the, the, the jury's still out on the Pauline epistles, whatever. But
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah, absolutely.
1: I'm not, not going to ne- lie.
0: Neither am I. Neither am I. <laughs> absolutely. I'm glad you brought that up because I am not definitely not a, a, a Paul fan uh a, a lot you know and i'm just like why did this cat get to re- write all this shit in here man like,
1: why, why right, the fuck like that, man? there was some tomfoolery at the council of Nicaea. if we're putting paul in there and right. so much of paul like no no paul is a blue lives matter supporter that's what exactly I like. <laughs> exactly absolutely i just
0: i read his shit and i'm just like yeah no nah, man I I ain't, I ain't with this cat man this this yeah. cat is and especially if you follow some of the again the archaeological history, a lot of folks, especially the women, he was an asshole. It was awful. <laughs> awful. <laughs> he
1: was awful, awful,
0: awful person. So I'm like, nah, I'm good, I'm good. I you had
1: know. a I had a, a, a young woman. I couldn't tell her age to, because like through her TikTok profile, but definitely a younger woman. I'm gonna say like te- like late teens to early 30s. It was really hard to tell from the picture, but um, she was trying to, to defend the like the position that homosexuality which i hate the hard h word i hate it but it I, always yes. gets used in terms of religious folks yes. having yes. argument so for the sake of conversation she was trying to defend that homosexuality yeah. is wrong and she's using paul and i she she sent a link to like the bible gateway passage and i literally screenshot it and i was like couple verses down here is telling me women should ask their husbands to interpret the sermon you're gonna tell me you roll with that because that's a weird flex for you to choose that verse to hinge your argument on homie do you shop on your (laughs) own or do you have to take your handmaiden partner to the grocery store right (laughs) right
0: right exactly and that and that's for me i'm just like it's like fools, you know, fools who want to, you know, continue to say, you know, like once I really started looking at, because, you know, again, going up Seventh day Adventist, and even for the nation of Islam for that matter, you know, there was dietary restrictions and stuff. Mm-hmm. And, you know, and at least in the Quran, it's a little clearer. Whereas mm-hmm. in the new the old testament, it's, you know, I'm just like, wait a minute. So we're just picking verses that we wanna just, you know, just g- go with. And yes. and and we've bought them hook line and sinker, like so much mm-hmm. that the hook is 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 trapped in our throat. And yeah. for some people, because I, I go fishing a lot and like oftentimes I got, I have to buy a tool to get a hook out of the throat of the fish. Otherwise, you rip literally it's their entire guts out. And I feel like that's where so many folks are with Christianity is like, you know, they have taken this stuff in that it's embedded in their insides that they don't even think about questioning it. Well, of course, I wouldn't eat pork. Yeah. Well, break that down a little bit more. Why? How come? Well, it says it in the Bible. OK, Where? When did it say it? Because are you also cutting out your eye and, 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 and chopping off your hands? Because yeah. th- I mean, there's you, also Are some you st- shaving
1: your sideburns? Like, let's talk, you know what I mean? Right. Like, And if you're not, I'm also not a slam on Judaism because I actually no. think there's something beautiful about being able to retain such an intense practice as a form of spiritual discipline. I think that's fantastic but motherfucker, if you're trying to tell me you're not eating pork and I can't be gay, let me see those sideburns. Like, I'm just saying for matters of comparison, you know? I think that hook analogy is a great way to go though, because that's, that's absolutely right. If, if it's almost as if, if you pull on that one thing, it does pull all their insides out. Cause then you've got to question everything, but maybe they should make, maybe we should be right I don't, don't want right. to even say them because maybe we should be because my first process of being me was really having the hook pulled out. I had to, I had to give it all up and rebuild on my non-negotiables, you know? Then my non-negotiables for me are, are right here on my knuckles. I don't know if they'll focus, but, um. But I have agape and shalom on my okay, knuckles. Okay. All right. Uh, Come because, on. Well, you know, if you're going to have to learn to read the Bible in its original text, you might as well get two tattoos for flex. Um, <laughs> but, but for me, those were my non-negotiables when I came out. And that's what happened when my guts were pulled out with the hook was like, yo, what's left? What are we not giving up on? And those are the two things I will fight for the death to the death for and if 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 i see a christianity in modern context a christianity in modernity that doesn't support these two things i'm highly sus as the kids would say
0: <laughs> exactly exactly man well and and i think you're right i mean cuz so much we've overlooked the you know the love part of this and And it's and we get into the rules. I mean, and that's what I'm trying to figure out about humans. Like we're so rule oriented. Like, what is it about the rules that we forget to love people in the midst of that? Like, what is the spirit of the rule rather than the letter of the rule? Because no no one follows rules to their wholeness. If anything, those in power are able to keep redefining rules to suit them so that they don't look like they're on the outside, you know, and I, I for me, that's what it comes back down to It's like, how do we love and how do I love to actually love not to get into heaven, right. not to say I'm serving some missional, you know, uh, a passage or that I'm that I'm doing some kind of thing to make me look good. Speaking of a social media, so many people, you know, post the pictures. I read a whole article on, you know, beyond selfies and colonialism and stuff, you know, because it's like so often that becomes the case. Like, let me just go and build this fence in this pueblo somewhere. Yep. Um that let me just love to love without any strings attached. Without that is for
1: me
0: What's that? Without an agenda. Without an agenda.
1: Yep.
0: Without an agenda. That's the that for me is is the is the true gut check um and uh it's a challenge to be honest with you because there is there is that sense of like why i did this for you so now you should do what i want you to do and and live the way i think you should live and just like whoa where the hell did that come from
1: right and i feel like these ideas um the (laughs) funny funny like story is that um I I always think sometimes people think it's a little hokey when people talk about breath work, like shouldn't that be just innate, but it's not right. And it's something that we can engage in and we can use to help calm our anxiety, to help center ourselves, to help bring our physical being back into like a relaxed and whole state. And I think if the idea of you know, if we have to work on the idea of, of breathing, shouldn't we have to work on the idea of love? And once we've conquered those things, then we'll move on. Right. You know what I mean? And those are the basics. Like we need to get back to our spiritual breath work, which sounds like you can think someone's crazy or you can really dive into it and say, is there something here? And maybe that's what we got to focus on. You know what I mean? Maybe that's what we need to get our, our sights set on. And I know that's why I'm stubbornly, that's why I'm stubbornly at this point, making christians acknowledge that i'm part of their community at this point because i'm not saying i'm perfect i'm saying i'm just over here like the canary in the mine like bro we lost it wrong vehicle there's gas in the air we got to change something you know what i mean
0: absolutely absolutely and and that's i I, (laughs) you said gas in the air i mean that is that is so truth you know about this because i feel like there's been a lot of people saying that for a long time. And I and and I will say for myself, and I'll say this leading up to the twenty sixteen election, I still believe that, you know, if you 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 hang on, you you try to push and and you know and and try to convince somebody right of racism, you know, and then I felt like this huge slap in the back. It's like, man, the gas was on. I I think I was just ignoring some of the some of the beepers, some of the, the some of the uh some of the warning signs, if you will, that you know, that that you know, things need a bit more force to them yeah. you know you know and so you know uh yeah i i do i i i wonder you know they, i think about you know societies i think about uh the history of that um uh, i've been right reading a lot of this guy um peter Turek. uh mm-hmm. he is a uh, he's a professor and he's got this um i forget i'm forgetting what it's uh, what the whole thing but it's it, he's studied like 12, 14,000 years of human history. And so they've got this huge database mm-hmm. and just looking at the rise and fall of societies and whatnot. And we're kind of at that point, you know, where it's just like, okay, we've lost the baseline for truth. Uh, we have a certain around, amount of elite folks that, you know, kind of look, you know, have their noses down large wealth gaps, you know, that are starting to, you know, continue to do, you know, to expand. Uh, We also have, you know, a a changing globe again, whether, you know, whether we, we know it's human made and created, but either way, whether it comes from the earth itself or whether it's human made, we have a major shift. So it's like, okay, lives are going to be showing up and, and, and asking different things, you know, pretty quickly here. Um, What does that mean? the next 10 years and I and I don't have answers I, I, other than I'm saying I hope I would hope that we would figure some of this stuff out um yeah.
1: I think that's a part of too I'm a verbal processor so allow me to work this out with you yeah. in the conversation. but um I and I have to wrap up in just a few seconds but I want to throw this out there I think that's another part of queering church is the idea that if we have said all of the answers to the world are in, lie within this discipline of religious study. And I use the word discipline lightly. (laughs) But if we think that all of the answers to solve all of the world's problems are siloed over here in religion, we've also lost the queer nature of the church because there is interdisciplinary ways to look at problems. Sociology, psychology, you know what I mean? Uh, Anthropology, um, ecology, biology. There are all these things that we can use and the church should not be so unqueered as to just be siloed over here. It's dumb. You know, you just look dumb. But I think part of requeering church is reconnecting with interdisciplinary um, collaboration and not seeing, you know, science and the Bible pitched as hard enemies. We exactly. need to reintegrate those and thinking people need to be allowed to have a voice in religion. And in I'm I, I'm speaking mostly to my people because I can't speak to everybody else's people I speak to mine. <laughs> Let some smart people back in the door. Stop reading books by people who didn't do any research. They're relying on like, you know, quadr quadri quadrary sources. They're not even close to primary sources. Like stop reading those books, read it. Right. A- Uh, Read a scientific study, challenge yourself to read an actual psychological journal, do something, but let's, let's work on these big issues and instead of being siloed and being stuck here, let's really be intersectional and see what we can do to change the world and let's consider that interdisciplinary collaboration, a spiritual act of worship.
0: I love it. I love it. I love it. Wow. That's a good place to, uh, I think, pause then, uh, you know, given uh, the, the ground that we've covered, cause it's been a lot and it's been yeah. great uh, to have this conversation. Uh, I'm gonna ask
1: you two more questions, last and every episode like with this, I, and I wanna yep. get uh, this out. So first question is if, if people could only remember one sentence from this, from, from from hearing you, from meeting you, from this conversation, what would you want people to take away from that?
0: That's a great question. Um, I do what i can i hear that um oh my gosh yes that's good that one's that's the stumper i would say um love has got to be at the center true love the agape love has got to be at the center of what we're doing uh Mm -hmm. irregardless of what it is how do we keep people in love at the center of these things without losing our losing humanity
1: I love that. I think that's perfect. I've had everything from eat the Taco Bell. It's not that bad for you to keep love at the center. So a perfectly qualified last sentence. Uh, my last question is, is less of a stumper. It's how can people get in touch with you if they want to follow your work, find your books, shoot the shit with you. I know you have such a breadth of topics you can cover. We didn't even get into hip hop theology, but how can people connect with you to uh, to see more of, of Daniel Light Hodge in their world? Uh,
0: absolutely. Now, and, we'll, and again, This just means we'll have to have another uh, uh, convo powwow session. Um, Yes, absolutely. I always tell folks you can go to whitehodge.com. Just literally just type that in. And that's connections to, I got essays there. There's media, podcasts, book sample chapters, the whole nine. Whitehodge.com will get you there. What about yourself?
1: (laughs) What's that? I said that's the eye of the storm. Jump right in there, whitehodge.com. Um, So my name is Leo WT. If you search that hashtag, you'll probably find me. Uh, You'll find a lot of different work, though. You'll find my hair. You'll find poetry. You'll find, you know, just random stuff. But if you really want to kind of jump in on the conversation, no pun intended, um, but if you want to jump in on the conversation, you want to hear more podcasts, watch more videos, um, read some blogs, find some merch, uh, find some info on the book, you can find that all at ConversationsOfficial.com. Um, we're conversations official across all social media in some form of another but instead of giving you all my links i'm just going to say go to conversationsofficial.com and all of the links are on that page um as far as the book it is still very much in process i'm still working on connecting with publishers i've got a couple ideas um but uh, it's still coming out so follow conversationsofficial.com check us out on youtube spotify apple podcast uh we have a merch shop on etsy um check all of those and you'll see more about the book and more about this general chaos that is conversations and that is leo wt
0: love it love it love right. it
1: well you sir have a great day i can't wait to talk to you again it's really going to have to happen um let, let's let's do it again man
0: absolutely i could, would look forward to that anytime thanks so much leo i appreciate Everybody. you
1: have a great day brother we'll talk to you later do all right This has been the Conversations Podcast. Thank you so much for joining. If you have any questions or comments or just want to get involved, feel free to join the conversation on social media. You can find us at Conversations Official on Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube. And please don't forget to rate, follow, and share this podcast. We're available on Anchor, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. Thank you so much for joining the conversation.